Welcome to TuneCore's Music Made Me podcast. I'm Amy Lombardi. I'm in the Entertainment Relations Department at TuneCore, and I'm based in Austin, Texas. Thanks for joining us. We're going to talk to Tony Diaz from Industry Print Shop, also based here in Austin, Texas, about merchandising for gigs and how it's a really excellent revenue stream for artists. Let's go over to my conversation with Tony. Industry Print Shop is based in Austin, Texas, and it's an artist-run print shop which focuses on creativity and precision because the details are important not only to good design but especially when you're filling huge orders. Tony Diaz founded Industry Print Shop 11 years ago, Tony? Yes, that's correct. Um, I run Industry with my wife Jennifer and yeah, we've been doing this for 11 years. We're a screen print shop and we love what we do. And I am very excited to talk to you today for uh, the Music Made Me podcast because, well, today's topic is merchandising for gigs. And I really wanted to speak to somebody who had kind of a lot of experience in all the different parts of merchandising. And the fact that I get to speak to you who started a print shop and has been running it for 11 years with orders being filled from not just here in Austin, Texas, but all over the world is perfect. And I can't wait to kind of give our listeners more info on why merchandising is so important. Thanks for having me. I'm stoked to be here. I really am honored. Thank you. We are psyched to have you. Um, So I want to know more about your background in art and design. Well, my background um, really starts with being in a band in high school. And at the time, I didn't really realize that I was going into design when it was just out of necessity to be at Kinko's overnight with old comic (laughs) books and magazines and just cutting and pasting for the, you know, my next gig, you know, so... Um, that, you know, as the years go by, that's kind of where I've been able to really, that's the root, um, because I still use that practice in my personal artwork of cutting and pasting. So yeah, that's, that's really the, the, the beginnings of it was being in a band, playing around. I eventually got myself to Austin and all the while I'm kind of doing these t-shirt designs and things like that, um, started to develop a, a clothing line that was, at the time, you know, it, what you didn't have, at least I didn't realize they were around what are called lifestyle brands. Right. You know, <laughs> totally. so like for like a scene kid, you know, and this is like, you know, late 90s, early 2000s, you know, for a scene kid, like maybe if you don't necessarily skate, you don't want to wear something like a skate brand because, you know. You're, you're you a poser or whatever, you right. know. You don't know which brand. This is very, you don't know which this one is very you are. like high school mentality stuff. But you know, I I felt like there was this need for a lifestyle brand at, for for scene kids, and this is definitely you know before they were starting to come out like Atticus and Famous Stars and Straps and Made and Level Twenty Seven, like all those band run lifestyle brands. I was, I saw that like a couple of years right before that. And so I started, that's where I started getting into screen printing. I was doing band designs and when I would get my own shirts printed at places, I mean, it was just ridiculous. Like how much I was getting charged at the time you go to like a punk show and you buy a t-shirt, it's like 10 bucks. Like that's pretty standard. Right. It's more than but, a Fugazi ticket. Exactly. <laughs> and so like you wouldn't be able to make any money. I'm like, I don't know how you make this work at 10 when you sell it for 10 and this shop is charging me like $9 a shirt. Yeah. Um, and making me order like hundreds because that's their minimum order. It's like there's another way around this. The industry definitely 
definitely began changing around this time. You're right. And so I, I, that's when I was like, well, I'm going to do this myself. And so I, I, I found this shop. There was a, it was like really just a guy who had equipment in his garage. And I was like, I can bring you this work. I just want to hang out and learn how to print. And, and I swept floors. I mean, I cut his grass. I do all <laughs> kinds of stuff just to be around. And I was such very much a scene kid. I was like fanboy number one. Yeah. And like when bands came, like I was right up front. I was like finger pointing, fist pumping, like singing every word. And at the end of the gig, like the guys in the band were like, who are you? Like, how do you know us? Like, like this is before like you found music on the internet, you know, like how do you know who we are? And building those relationships with those with those bands early on and then they started wearing my shirts and then they started taking me out on tour with them and then eventually I started working for them being like a merch guy or a term, tour manager so that's like so you got to see it from both sides most too, definitely which is really helpful most definitely <clears throat> and then um I started playing in a band which was like the ultimate dream that was the whole reason why I even had started all these things that Everything else along the way, I just kind of fell into. I was playing in the band and we were on tour and I was really doing it and like living that dream as the 16 year old kid 10 years later. And I was like, all right, I'm done. I Let's start screen printing. So pretty much like left the band and came back home and opened up a shop. That's amazing. And you and Jennifer opened it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So what kind of print methods do you, do you use? So we're, like, so artists know what, what all is available to consider and what maybe they should just go for on the early end of their career. Well, we're a screen print shop. Um, that's pretty much the most traditional method of printing merchandise. And so our focus is on high quality apparel printing and uh, flat stock printing, um, which is posters, um, art prints, gig posters. I mean, when you are able to print on paper, you are able to not just print what might some might consider like merchandise, but something that's collectible. The flat stock scene is very much alive and thriving. Um, there's people that are out there that are making their living on designing posters and you know, getting bands to commission them and, and stuff like that. So that's right. There's Flatstock Festival. There's the Flatstock Convention during convention. flat. Usually it, it, it's fr- it's during South by that's, that's the big one uh, during South by Southwest. Um, but they have them all over the world. It's um, it's ran by the American Poster Institute, uh, which was founded here in Austin. You know that. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, it's run like, you know, nationally now, but there was some, key players um that forming american poster institute that's all from austin but yeah all the all the flat stocks around the world are sanctioned by american poster institute and it is it's a it's a great uh convention of it's basically just a gathering of poster artists and printers and and there's a there's a family there and on that side of things yeah and uh, it's uh, truly a, an honor to be a part of that family. Yeah. So at TuneCore, we we work with artists at all levels. We work with we work with artists who uh, want to just make sure that their music gets to be heard by their friends who listen to their music on Spotify, and we work with artists who are just 
career artists who are, are have on a more regular release schedule. Um, for artists at the beginning of their career who have low budgets mm-hmm. or maybe are just starting to create something else besides a, a piece of music to sell at their show, what are some what are some key items that are good for them to consider? Well, I think I think that there's some tactics other than items because items are just, you know, they're pretty, uh, you, you, you don't, I'd say my biggest thing is don't try to go out there and reinvent the wheel. Like get a good t-shirt, get a good, you know. Get a good t-shirt exactly. is so important. Just, just, just one t-shirt, just have something that's available, right? <clears throat> but I feel like there's, there's tactics that are out there that will help the band, you know, that don't have the budget, have that budget. What are the, some of those tactics? So, so yeah. being being involved in in the my involvement from the beginning with with bands and merchandising, it's a completely different world. You know, there's so many different the opportunities that are available now were not existent ten years ago. You know, they just they just weren't. Now you don't need a label. You can release your own music. Distribution is free. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many things out there. There's platforms <clears throat> where you can say, hey. We're making this limited edition T-shirt, post it, and get people to give you money before they're even printed. So that I feel like there's so much more power in the band's hands now to be able to make things work for them. Um, I think it's just seeing that opportunity. Um, and then at that point, you can kind of just, you know, get the shirts printed and maybe it comes with a poster. Maybe it comes with... It, here's, here's the other thing that I feel like it's it's good for bands to recognize early is kind of define who who they are and, and make merchandise based on that. For example, you know, like um, just recently I saw Yellow Card on their final farewell tours. It's a band that I worked very closely with and for. You know, they had beach towels and they're like a summertime beach band from Florida. You know, like such a good idea, you know, and, and like Dropkick Murphys, they have like a huge soccer fan base. So they make like soccer scarves. Yeah. There's this uh, DJ Jester and he's such a clown and he makes like whoopee cushions. <laughs> I think like those types of things like help you stand out from the next band that you're playing with. And and having that presence very, very um, early on is, I think, extremely important when back to when I was playing in a band. Like in, in when I was 16, my first band, you know, we were playing, we were doing our thing, and I didn't know any of this. And there's this band that comes out, and I don't remember their name or anything, but they come out, their first gig, and they're like, they have their, they have like their demo tapes and their T-shirts, and they have all this stuff, and they're always like, man, who are these guys? Like. These guys got to be, you know, this is like in 96, you yeah. know, and it turns out like I didn't find this out until like almost just recently, like way like years afterwards was that the the singer's dad worked at a screen print shop. God bless that guy. Yeah. Because I mean, like that band from from then on out from that very first show with them having that presentation, you know, they were they were decent. They weren't like amazing, but having that Everybody was like, they immediately got on all the top bill, on all the incoming touring shows, you know, like. Because it, they, they, they took their business seriously. They, they took looked it professional. Seriously. Exactly. And these are like, this, you know, they, they weren't older than us. And we, you know, at, at the time I was like, oh, like, you know, had a little bit of, uh, I was upset about it. 
but you know i just learned from it and was like yeah you, that's very important and, and and it's very important to do it early but it's very important to do it at any point so if you're like struggling if you've been playing for a while and you're not selling anything or anything like that it's like push yourself there's other ways to go about it even if you don't have money well yeah there's a couple of things that i'm taking from this and that's um it's always good to get out of your comfort zone you should start when you start making your music i i've used this i've used this example before but i remember somebody telling me like in the uk you know as soon as you form a band like you have a sound person because it's it's an extension of the band and i think another addition nowadays is you have a brand your brand is clear maybe Mm -hmm. um ideally you're thinking about that when you're thinking about the music because you're thinking about the interviews you're going to do and the tours that you want to be on and how you want your music to be perceived by the world so I would say also probably the first thing that a band could start with is a poster or a t-shirt designed. Mm-hmm. And um, I know I know that uh, that's just a more economical item to start with for bands that are starting out. And like you mentioned, for bands that are developing to do these, I guess, more lifestyle items like a beach towel or a soccer scarf, once you're... you're it doesn't even have to be once your audience knows who you are. You can tell them who you are immediately, but maybe they're a little bit more expensive items than a Yeah, t-shirt. for sure, you know, but you know, that's where like I feel like I completely understand budget. I completely do all I, you know, but there needs to be a little bit of sacrifice and you can totally get creative in make in like coming up with the budget because the thing about a band is that people people want to be a part of that. You're 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 building something that that people are going to identify with and people believe in and they want to help. And so I think it's just letting them know, like, this is how you can help. Yes. I I mean, you're die hard fan of that band and you want to have everything that they, you know, building a good fan base is 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 uh, is key. And, you know, they can they can take you to all the places that you need to be you know, yeah. beyond merchandise. Yeah. And I, I think that's a good point too, because when I'm in a show and I see a band that I really like, I go, okay, well, what, I'm going to go to the merch table. I want to see another way that I could support them. Absolutely. Um, besides just the ticket or besides the music that I can hear, I, I do look for other ways to, to support a band. So when at, it's- at least for, I'm sorry, but at least for, for, for my experiences, it wasn't about what, like we didn't get by by to from city to city by what we were getting paid for right. our gigs <laughs> right let's talk it was about in that our, it was in our merch <laughs> yeah i mean let's it was our merch that. sales and so when you're on tour and you get to a venue and they're like oh we get 10 percent," you're like fuck that well, well well what i used to manage an artist who would um i would constantly be renegotiating merch fees at venues and what we kind of stood by was we don't take a percentage of your bar sales so <laughs> it's kind of the same thing but yeah that extra money on the road comes from can come from merch for gas money hotel rooms it's so important it does so many different things you're right it does it does the, these logistics of just like bringing in another revenue stream and then also helps build the brand so that the brand can be built by that fan you have who's wearing your t-shirt at uh, you know the supermarket exactly um so i know that you guys do your own design at industry print shop mm-hmm. as well which is incredible because i think also bands 
and anyone may have if you're not if you're not artistically inclined in the visual arts then maybe you may need assistance there like we were kind of talking about before we started recording which was it's good to kind of like get an expert to help out somewhere you don't have to be responsible for everything if you're diy it doesn't mean you have to do everything you can enlist uh the expertise of a of a professional so absolutely um i mean i'm all about the diy you know lifestyle like i mean i have built my living on diy but but over over the years i've come to realize that you know um my the downfall in that is you get tied up in in trying to be a jack of all trades yes you know and you're not an expert in one you know you're just like you know master of none and um and and i felt like you know for one you know there's there's this kind of rule that i live by is to kind of surround myself with people that are better than me so that way i can continue to learn from them and being an artist run shop we've you know the the people that we enlist not just in the art department but across the board are like genuine badasses um but back to like you know the art department specifically you know, we have a creative director. His name's Bobby Dixon. He, you know, pretty much manages our brand. And um, we are expanding the business into a design agency of sorts of, you know, offering full branding and identity packages for new businesses or bands or whatever the case may be. And the the background with Bobby Dixon is that he is a famed gig poster artist and one of the, you know, I would say earlier designers that that helped build that flat stock community. And I'm extremely proud of that because he's somebody that I've been looking up to from when I was a kid and he was just been killing it, you know, in design for decades. And um and then leading the art department um is Jerry Connors and he's another poster designer whose work I'm a huge admirer of. And so to to have people like that on staff that their background is band gig posters mm-hmm. is like, you know, is is very fulfilling for me. And so I feel like, you know, for a band, I, I think that it's extremely important, you know, to kind of let go of some of the, you know, if if you're not good at a visual, it, like let somebody else do that. The The power of collaboration and bringing value to other people it is huge and i think that there's there's two sides to that where like it can you can really form like a true collaboration between a brand and a band for instance and this is all very on the very much so on the huge level but it, it can be done at any level really but like with volcom and run the jewels mm-hmm. volcom's a company that we yep. collaborate with uh, a lot and are definitely you know in our family of people we love to work with but they partner and they they collaborate with run the jewels and we're lucky enough to print for uh tracks are the dj of run the jewels and so we're constantly sending out merchandise on the road to the run the jewels team but they collaborate together and they release limited edition you know run the jewels merchandise on volcom garments it's just it's a very cool concept well, I think uh, that any band can do that with any designer. You know, nowadays designers are their own brands. And so if you can target a designer, and sometimes designers just need 
the opportunity to be able to work with a band that'll give them the opportunity to like really flex their design muscles, which is really just going to benefit the band. And nowadays, if you have that kind of thing, you have this whole other entity talking about, look what I'm doing for this band. And then you have this, the band can just use the artist pool to bring that into them. When you walk around the Flatstock convention, you'll see like some gig poster artists and like their whole booth is just one band because they've, you know, that they, they work together. They, it's, it's almost like they're a sixth or seventh member of the band. Yeah. I think, you know, I immediately think of Jay Ryan and Andrew Bird. Exactly. You know, um, who Jay Ryan is an incredible poster artist. He's amazing. Very distinct. Uh, shout out to Jay Ryan. Absolutely. And Chicago where I lived for 10 years. Um, but it's, he's just such a, he has such a distinctive um, style and that has been, he's been doing posters for Andrew, I think maybe for as long as I know. That's I what I was going to say. Yeah. Well, I mean, when I, I mean, was walking. I maybe even for Bowl of Fire or maybe just when Andrew went out on his own, I'm not sure. But um, so that's kind of like, yeah, that partnership and is really cool to create if you can. Absolutely. Um, just the power of collaboration is is huge. And that really wasn't something that was thought about you know, when I was in, in the thick of it. And I just feel like nowadays, like there's just so much opportunity and there's so much upside. Um, it's just got to like be able to pinpoint it and go after it. Yeah. And it makes perfect sense actually in the music world, if you think about it, because a lot of times artists will work with a producer. Exactly. It's the same thing. It's Absolutely. just another part of your art that you're collaborating on exactly. and you're getting other input in. So, so industry print shop does, you do fulfillment. You also do design, mm-hmm. and then there are some special kind of like services that you offer that are for live events. Yeah. So I think this is amazing. I think this is not just for music, but I'm excited that you make it affordable for music. Absolutely. Um, because uh, it just seems like this is the kind of thing that big corporations can afford to do. But I think it's amazing that it's priced in a way that it can be for artists to do on the road as well when, when it fits their budget. Absolutely. Um, the, the concept of live printing was essentially birthed out of just a little background. Like at, at industry, we, we don't have sales guys. We have print consultants. And, and it was really early on when I opened industry that I felt like that's really what I was doing a lot was just consulting and one things that we would always hear back on um, from like music festivals and things like that was like they overordered or they underordered, and I was like, well, what if we just printed what we absolutely needed, you know? And so that's essentially it was it was birthed out of trying to figure out uh, a solution to a problem. Yeah. And so keeping uh, we started... inventory is really it's really difficult. Absolutely. And so we started essentially taking the the power of print to, to the people. And we, I was able to um, figure out like all the ins and outs that were, how can I take this show on the road? Yeah. And so I just, you know, we just did it. We had some opportunities that lent itself to us going out and doing it. Um, but essentially we just take our small little press and we have a dryer and, and we're, we're, I love it so much because we're able to educate the like the process of printing and and what i've come to find out is that you know a lot of people don't understand what screen printing is i live it i breathe it i'm just expect everybody to know it as well 
but you know, it, I'm never, I'm never um, short of amazed of how people, people, how many people don't know about it. So to teach them about it, to show them how it works, to show them that their shirt that they have on, how it was printed, it's, you know, for them, it's a, it's kind of like a magic show, you know, it's not it's here, a, ta-da, Yeah, it's I there. think it's a really cool offering because it's, it's a, it, it allows the fans to be involved or to see the process and it's, it's just a, a fun it's an experience here's, here's the here's the word like of the day experiential uh it is. You know, it, that's what everybody offering. wants and i think that that's i think it's really cool so in case it wasn't clear um because i didn't really i didn't really present it that well but like the there's also like live screen printing that can be done at shows and um with a with a portable screen printing you, you, machine we, and, yes, and that's you amazing you can most definitely throw that in the trailer yeah and you can have your merch guy <laughs> instead of selling shirts that are already printed have your yeah. merch guy print the shirts as they as they're needed yeah yeah i mean yeah that's a that's great and you can even probably just have the merch the shirts at the venue so let's also talk about like the look of specifically let's talk about like the items that somebody would wear apparel um what kind of graphics in your experience uh work best is there a graphic that works best we were talking earlier about like pencil drawings but um you know like what are some basics that might help artists who are getting ready to do their first design i mean you know um I, I was taught this um, when I started learning design was, you know, if you can't make your image look good in black and white, then you're doing it wrong. So very interesting. So if you can make whatever, whatever your whatever message that you're trying to put out there, you know, if it doesn't work in black and white, you need to do it again. And so I feel like especially for starting out, like there's there's no reason to come out and have like a 12 color t-shirt. Now, if that's who you are, you're very colorful and your album artwork is a rainbow and it's, and it, I mean, and if it fits you as a brand, then absolutely do that. But if, if you can just get away with a single color image, you know, you can still make that a photograph, one color, you know, um, it, the screen printing process has definitely gotten only gotten better. Yeah. Um, the, the things that are we can do, we can do a simulated process, full color design and make it look like a, you know, a full color image on your shirt. Um, but if it's not necessary, I don't I don't think you have to go for it. Um, so just make sure that the design is is good, um, that it doesn't look like, um, you know, you just took a font off the off the off the font and you put your band name on it you know pull around you know um i'm not an advocate of of artists or designers working for free but there is no shortage of designers like that will work for free and so like as it maybe as an apprenticeship exactly like, in like that way like the way you used to mow the the guy's lawn and abs- absolutely you know that's kind of like how we we all have to break in somewhere absolutely and i mean you know just just make sure that you you have you know um if you took a font from a free website and just put your band name on it 99 percent, it's a bad design i would agree with that (laughs) so uh that's you know that's you ask for help is is you know if, if you don't have anything super strong but it should most definitely represent who you are what kind of trends are you seeing now? 
Um, you know, like I said, um, there's a lot of um, women's garments um, that are that are you know being made that are more fashion forward that are more made available than before. That's so funny. I immediately <laughs> thought of UT, and when you go to the UT bookstore, there are there are dresses every there are dresses cotton dresses there are fiesta style dresses everything is in burnt orange yeah anything anything that you could want to wear any style that you are it's all in burnt orange at ut bookstore so i mean but but you know like i was saying like don't try to reinvent the wheel like just get a good t-shirt they're 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 widely available brands like next level or bella canvas um they're solid price points and Mm -hmm. and they're good brands that people can identify with and you know they're like oh i know what size i wear in this shirt right but i feel like um the the trends are kind of like and the items that are not merch you know the the promotional products the the you know the enamel pins and patches and the other little like i guess the enamel Could, pins are merch, though. Like, oh no, most definitely. Yeah, I just yeah. meant like merchandise in the more traditional sense oh, of a right, T-shirt, right. or something like that. But you know, something that that we've been plugging a lot that people get a lot of value out of are patches, because on a patch you can put you you get a hundred patches, but you can put a hundred you could put fifty of those on a cap. You could put fifty of those on a hoodie and then print yeah. the back of the hoodie and sell that hoodie for fifty dollars because it's got a patch and a print. Right. You know, and so there's there's, you know, patches are a really good item because they're just so versatile and then you can just sell them by themselves. Yeah. Um, so patches are really good to consider um, and they're they're fairly, you know, cheap item. Um, and you did say it. You said enamel pins. Enamel so, pins are all the all rage. They're all over. Right? Yeah, they're, and, and, they're then, all the and then I hear this all the time from people. I they're personally like, prefer the ones with the metal backings. Okay, you're a metal black. back. I don't like the plastic ones. Right on, right on. I'm just saying for anybody out there. Yeah. It probably costs more to make, but. They're the same. They're the same. But anyway, um, <laughs> like every, a lot of people are like, it's the, you know, well, I don't want to miss the enamel pin bubble. Like, like it's, it's already out of style. And I'm like, hey, that's what everybody said 18 years ago about the trucker cap. Right. I'm wearing a truck. Like, yeah, and you brought how many me trucker caps are in this brought, room? You brought me one, and I'm wearing it today. <laughs> you know how many trucker caps are still like chilling out in in the world, and and people want that. You know that was that was. Oh, I don't I don't want to have a trucker cap because you know next year they're not going to be cool. Um, so enamel pins are not going anywhere. Um, but but definitely like I would I guess call like impulse table items at the merch table. Yeah. Are like super like you know, something to consider. Yeah. You know? And also having a, like a lower cost item is helpful, even if it's just a sticker. Exactly. Exactly. <clears throat> yeah. A thing you can do with the stickers, pack them up and make a sticker pack and put like three or four stickers in there. You sell it for five bucks. It's just like the margins on those for the band. It's not like a high ticket item, but you make a lot more money, you know, um, with your investment yeah, on those smaller items. Put it on your notebook and more people and, and people will see it like that. I mean, I, I, I always put stickers on my my work notebooks. You know, I run out of paper eventually, but then I put stickers on my new work notebooks. So I, I'm I all about the. I've I've kind of I say this all the time. It's keeping keeping our name in their mouth. You know, if you if you look at something like if you see something with words on it, you you read it, yeah. and then that you you're making your brain work. You know, so you're making the you know 
I, I see these posters and I'm saying these band names. It's keeping their, their name in my mouth, which is going to make me think about them next time I'm looking for something to listen that to. That is not your tagline, but that could be. Oh, I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll coin I, it. That's going to be a, that's, <laughs> it's a registered trademark as yeah, soon as we stop. Um, it's right here. It's, it's done. done. You can't take it. Establish that right now. Um, so you already told us kind of, I wanted to give a plug about like some of your favorite t-shirts. You said Bella, Canvas, Next Level. Um, is there a particular t-shirt color that you think sells best? I have my own opinion, but as an expert, I would like to hear what you think. I'm, there's just no denying that black is the shirt color that's the no-brainer. That's the no-brainer. I mean... Unless again for, mer- for for graphics for yeah. for for a, for merchandise. Yeah. If you go out on tour, if we took the Pepsi challenge out on tour <laughs> versus a black shirt and a white shirt and put them on sale, and which one would sell out faster? I put all my money on black. <laughs> and so, but here's what's you know there's um there uh, Bella Canvas just released this new color called um, Black Heather. It's like a it's it's you know there's there's these kind of like almost black shirts and they're kind of charcoal and stuff like that. But this one is like the truest black Heather. It's, it's really nice and lands for a really good print. Um, especially and it's just slightly different. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just slightly it's just, more unique. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah. Um, that's my favorite shirt like option right now. Cool. 100%. Well, I can't thank you enough for all of the information that you shared here today about industry print shop and also the advice that you were able to give to our listeners because i think Um, it's it's a a huge revenue stream and absolutely i i'm just i'm excited to be able to i mean i want this information i wish somebody told me this right you know so i'm just excited to be able to be in a place where i i can give some advice because i've been there i've done that and i've you know I've seen, I have hindsight, most definitely. Right. And so I like to be able, if that can help somebody, you know, um, um, that's my success. Well, thank you, Tony Diaz. From thank you for having me. Industry. I super appreciate it. You're welcome. It's our pleasure. From Industry Print Shop here in Austin, Texas, we always like to include Austin businesses, creators in, a, in our podcast too. Awesome. I love Austin. Um, industryprintshop.com. Yeah. On the Instagram industry print shop. Check them out. Yeah, we got some good stuff. Some hot <laughs> fire on there. Thank you, Tony. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for our Music Made Me podcast on merchandising for gigs. And don't forget to check out industryprintshop.com. Thanks. Thanks.